Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackby and joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on AllSteelers.com and also YouTube.com slash Talk, And make sure you go subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. I know it's not essentially Pittsburgh Steelers talk, but it is Pittsburgh Steelers talk. The hottest topic in the AFC North is Lamar Jackson and what seems to be the downfall of the Baltimore Ravens, the impending doom over in Baltimore, making the road a lot easier for teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Meanwhile, there is a new linebacker available that the Pittsburgh Steelers could be interested in. And finally, our biggest takeaways from the NFL Combine and how things changed for the Pittsburgh Steelers draft board after Indianapolis. We got to start with uh, Lamar Jackson, but first, it's not bad outside. It was beautiful yesterday. It was a great welcome home from Indianapolis. I usually ask, how are you? But I want to know, how was your time at your first NFL Combine? It was great. Um, I, I met some cool people, uh, learned a lot of cool stuff, talked to some some great football players, and just taking in that environment uh, really cool um the combine is very i don't know it's it's so we went to the senior bowl but i'd say the combine is much more professional i guess it seems like things are just kind of taken to the next level um so it was really cool to be around that environment and be around all those people working um at the nfl combine and it was a great first experience so i'm really really glad i got to go yeah it the combine i love don't get me wrong the senior bowl is a good time but oh, i yeah. love I love the combine. It's it's just mm-hmm. a much different atmosphere. You know what I mean? First off, Indianapolis is filled with nothing but great dive bars and phenomenal steak restaurants. Although I came home and yesterday my brother is here. He came, he came to visit and I called him and I was like, hey, what do you guys want to eat once you get here? He goes, eh, you know, maybe like just burgers or something. And I was like, awesome. Sounds good. My, <laughs> my stomach at this point is just almost entirely red meat. I don't even know what mm-hmm. a vegetable is. Um, to top it off, we went mac and cheese with the burgers, which, mm. you know, certainly helped the cholesterol. I got to tell you, I'm going to go get a blood pressure test after in Indianapolis. But overall, yeah. I love it out there. It's my favorite place to go visit. Um, every time I see like a comedian or something bag on it, I'm just like, nah, you guys are doing it wrong because right. I love Indy. Um, you got your first taste of St. Elmo's cocktail sauce. Yes. Didn't cry, which a uh, huge shout out to you. Most people, yeah. if you don't know what St. Elmo's cocktail sauce tastes like, we're not even going to tell you. Just, just go, go taste, taste it. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's just the experience event. that, yeah, you don't want to have a warning going into it. Uh, you don't want to, like, know what you're getting into. You have no. to experience that Yeah, just blindly. Yeah, just walk into it and slap it in your mouth and be prepared Look, for whatever happens. Really load up on the cocktail sauce. If you get a shrimp cocktail, <laughs> really load up on the sauce. It, it really makes the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm str- I'm talking deep dip. Right in the mouth, no breath. You'll Just get fine. a spoon, honestly. Just eat yeah, the yeah. sauce. Eat the straight sauce. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, let's talk Baltimore Ravens football here. Lamar Jackson, still no no decision on his future. The franchise tag deadline is tomorrow, Tuesday, March 7th. There's reports from ESPN Jeremy, Jeremy Fowler that they're considering the non-exclusive franchise tag. At the same time, Tom Pelissero reported that our Eric DaCosta, the GM of the Ravens, flew to Miami to speak with Lamar Jackson. And while 
that attempt was vigilant. They're still very far apart on a new deal. Lamar wants the guaranteed max, a Deshaun, a Deshaun Watson-type contract. The Ravens are not looking to follow suit with the Cleveland Browns. At the same time, the NFLPA reports have come out, and the Baltimore Ravens stuck out with one mark, and that is their training staff giving them an F-, minus, and then everybody and their mother went off on social media saying how their training staff ruined their careers and suffered setbacks and pushed them too hard and so on and so forth, and there was a bad relationship there. That guy has since been fired, but still not a good place to be for the Baltimore Ravens. And then finally, a wide receiver, Rashad Bateman, going off on GM Eric DaCosta, saying that he does not build a team around his players. We'll get to that. Let's start with Lamar Jackson. We are 24 hours away, essentially, from the franchise tag deadline. The Ravens are now considering the non-exclusive, which we have talked about before. Is it over? Can we look at it now and just say this is the beginning of the end? The Baltimore Ravens are going to lose Lamar Jackson, even if it's just for two first round picks. And how bad of a move is that if you're Baltimore to just accept the fact that you're willing to let Lamar Jackson essentially walk away for a measly two first rounders when quarterbacks these days, I mean, wide receivers are going for more than that these days, let alone an MVP caliber quarterback. Right. It just seems like Baltimore's ready to cut their losses. Um, I feel yeah. like this process has been drawn out. It's been difficult for both sides, and they, they've they been kind of – what's the word? I, I Just not on their game from the start, not ready to make this kind of a move from the start. Um, it didn't look like they were – or didn't at least seem from, the, from my perspective like they were ever ready to get serious with Lamar Jackson um, and, and give him the kind of money he deserves. And it's one thing if – they weren't willing to pay what what that guy's market value is, but I don't know. He he deserves what he deserves, and they they are going to like you said. By the end of tomorrow, he could just be worth two first round picks instead of instead of much much more. Um, and they're selling him short, and they're putting themselves in a bad situation if they allow that to happen. If that non exclusive tag goes on him, they they've really fumbled every part of this instead of just some of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. I think that things should have moved faster. Like, I'm not upset with the Baltimore Ravens for not being able to get a deal done. Although, get a deal done. It's Lamar Jackson. Like, stop trying to act as if this guy isn't an MVP quarterback. This guy could lead you to a Super Bowl. It's not your fault. And we'll get into the whole wide receiver thing here in a second. It's not your fault that you are it's not his fault that you have not built built a team around this guy or even tried to build a team around this guy in the last couple of years and now you're looking at a situation where you're going uh well you know we're not going to go in a super bowl this season most likely so why would we waste all this money on lamar jackson or we have all these pieces that are still missing that we have to fill we can't go waste all this money on a quarterback well, if you put the pieces together before this situation, you wouldn't have to worry about it. You would just be able to pay your quarterback like every other team in the NFL does year after year after year. This is not a new situation in the NFL. Every single season, quarterbacks are getting huge contracts and bigger contracts and guaranteed money. And I get it. Deshaun Watson set a terrible president and. If I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I don't want to. I don't want to set that either. But I'm going to get it as close as humanly possible, without making it a trend for other teams to follow. 
I'm going to get Lamar Jackson as close to that guaranteed num- number to say, hey, look it. You know, we're not this is not a Deshaun Watson deal, but it's it's pretty close. You know, even if even if he's getting paid more a season, if he's getting paid 50 million dollars a season and they're not guaranteeing that whole thing. Well, then at that point, you know, you're you're good. You can make it work. The fact that they're just looking at it and saying, "Okay, well, we can't get a deal done because Lamar isn't willing to budge. And at the same time, we're not even going to try to trade this guy. We're just going to non-exclusive tag it and let somebody else set the market for us i mean at that point you're either signing them or you're not so you might as well cut your losses early go trade them that's where i have a thing is is to get two first round draft picks for lamar jackson is such a loss it's crazy crazy when you could get you could you could get a super bowl out of this guy or you could get enough compensation to where you could fix all the needs that you were complaining about and don't have now with one trade instead you're just going to be like hey you know what well we'll just go draft another quarterback and then we'll have one more pick to go you know screw up on another wide receiver that's just it doesn't make sense yeah i i think you hit the nail on the head with it uh just that they're not going to get the this kind of half in half out no real solid plan about how they wanted to approach this offseason like they're there was no plan to approach Lamar's contract situation. It seemed like, like nope. they, they knew they weren't like, if they weren't going to give him what he wanted, they didn't have a contingency plan to try and negotiate with him. I guess, quite honestly, like it seemed like they were, they were saying my way or the highway. And Lamar was also saying my way or the highway and there was no budging, but then there was no contingency plan for when he said no. And when he didn't budge and I feel like this, this off season for them has been a lot of just sitting around waiting for someone else to blink for someone else to, for something good to fall into their lap instead of make something good happen. Um, and it's, uh, is your fire alarm going off? Yeah, I think so. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Go check. Sorry. I might might leave that in. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, um, all right. We're talking, we were talking, uh, Lamar Jackson and the contingency plan. Yeah. So there was no, okay, you're not going to pay Lamar. But like you said, there's no... Like, why are you just willing to part with him for two first-round picks? This guy would have taken a haul. Um, and instead, you're just going to sacrifice... You're going to sacrifice that haul for two first-round picks just to cut your lot. Like, I don't know. I feel like none of what the Ravens has done, n- none of what the Ravens have done this offseason, their indecision and their lack of a of a plan entering this process has really cost them um and they're just been too quick to the draw to do anything yeah i i agree and and now they're gonna now they're gonna suffer we're coming down to the last 24 hours here i don't expect anything to get done i expect the non-exclusive tag to be placed on them and then i mean it's it's all bets are off at that moment and you could talk about aaron Rodgers, you could talk about Derek carr you could talk about whoever you want lamar jackson immediately becomes the top target for any team looking for a quarterback on the free agency market and they're all going to toss as much money as humanly possible at this guy to say hey like that's the thing you let Lamar Jackson hit free agency essentially he's going to get so much more money than you were willing to pay him because it's it goes right back to Deshaun Watson he got way more money than anybody was willing to pay him because they had to bid on him and if you do the same thing for Lamar Jackson who's clearly better than Deshaun Watson 
you're 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 in trouble. You, it's over. It's it's coming to a close, and the the Baltimore Ravens will have to search for a quarterback. And it just kind of depends on who signs him, because that's that's the other thing. If if a team like the Jets sign him, who aren't in position to give the Baltimore Ravens a pick worthy of finding another quarterback, they are now looking for a new quarterback, and they don't have an answer for one. And that just makes their life ten times ten times more difficult. On top of that, the rest of the team is falling apart by the moment. And while we were in Indianapolis, the report cards dropped, and I do want to talk about that. But let's talk about Rashad Bateman coming out. Eric DaCosta was asked um, about problems drafting wide receivers, and he goes, "If I had an answer, that would probably mean I would have some better receivers. We're gonna keep swinging. There have been some guys that have been successful players for us." that were draft picks were never, we never really hit on that. And then Rashad Bateman was just like, how about you play, pay your players or play your players strengths and stop pointing the finger at us. And number eight, blame the one you let do this. You blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24 seven and keep us healthy, care about us and see what happened. Ain't no promises though. Tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. And that alludes to the fact that everybody on this roster is complaining about how the training staff has been terrible in Baltimore for years now. You look at the NFLPA report cards, and I mean, there's two teams. There are two teams in the entire National Football League who did not give their training staff A's or B's, and that is the Atlanta Falcons, who gave them a D-plus, and the Baltimore Ravens, who got an F minus for this guy. And everybody's tweeting about how they ruined his career, how this guy sucked. There was no good relationship there. They've been telling them to fire him and they won't do it. It just seems like the Baltimore Ravens are in a situation where everything's coming out to the public. The, the players are not fans of the GM. The quarterback is on his way out because the team does not want to spend the money that's needed to pay their MVP quarterback. And now the players are retaliating. And I mean, again, just to go full circle, it seems like the beginning of the end here in Baltimore. Yeah. And I don't know. The the training staff thing is so striking because yeah, it is probably the most important thing on that report card. Um, like there were different things about like, you know, the food a team can give you, the locker room, like the facilities, the quality of the locker room, things like that. No, like the the training staff is what is going to keep. If you can take care of your players and their health in a sport like this, it's going to go a long way. And if you don't, it's, it's going to go an even worse direction. Like you, you need to take care of them to build any kind of trust between the organization and, and the players. And to not do that is, I don't know. And it also showed up on the field. Like it showed up in yeah, very true how the rate, how the Raven season has played out for a, uh, few years now i feel like you know they start off with a really talented team built around lamar and then things fizzle out because of injuries and because guys aren't aren't in the lineup week after week it there's no you don't need to look very far to see the evidence that that these that that grade is pretty warranted um yeah i also think about you know think about maybe two years ago how strong the afc north was and how every especially after signing deshaun where Everyone thought this division was headed. It was going to be a gauntlet. It was going to be one of the best divisions in football. And I don't know, the Steelers, you can say they're building something, even if you're not 
extremely optimistic about about their ceiling, but the Bengals are great. And other than that, who are the threats in that division? You know, things no, are really like this path is really clearing up for the Steelers and the Bengals to battle for. And, and the Steelers do obviously have the the I don't know the worst roster, quite honestly. Like they they are not on the same level as the Bengals yet, but. I mean, they split a series with the Bengals last year. I think both those games were decided by a combined 10 points. Like, there is not a huge gap between those two, but there is a huge gap between the second-best team in that division and the third-best team in that division. Exactly, and that gap seems to be getting wider. Because if uh, think about it. If Deshaun Watson never le- reaches full form, which at this point you can't anticipate that he's going to, the, the Cleveland Browns are just going to they're just going to keep collapsing because they have no money. You know, it's the Russell Wilson situation times 10. There's no recovering from this. If you're the Cleveland Browns, this is either this works or it doesn't work. And you guys are done for the next six years. Right. In Baltimore, you lose Lamar Jackson. You start over. So you you have you've nothing at all to build off of. You have a good defense with Tyler Huntley as your quarterback. Sorry, I get it. He could compete with a the Cincinnati Bengals in one playoff game, but he's not going to win you enough games to make the playoffs. The Steelers have a new quarterback and they're on the up and up defensively. And the Cincinnati Bengals are going to remain Super Bowl contenders until proven otherwise. I mean, it's, it's a bad time. It's a bad time for the Baltimore Ravens to take this hit. I didn't have, I mean, last off season, we could talk left and right about how the Cleveland Browns were a, a scary team after this past season. I have no hope oh, yeah. for them. Absolutely. But it is, just like you said, it is a much clearer path to the playoffs for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season than I think a lot of people anticipated. And, you know, if if anything, it shows that consistency really is key because the Pittsburgh Steelers do not take those lows. And even when they are a little bit lower than they usually are, this team's right where they need to be because the other teams, they're either they're either skyrocketing into the top or they are at the bottom of the bottom. And that's uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They're about to, they're about to join them, which is, which is wild. And in the next twenty four hours, it's going to get very, very interesting. I- I'm excited to talk about it on Wednesday to see where right. we sit because the news that's going to come out in the next twenty four hours is going to be bonkers, and I think it's going to show that the the Baltimore Ravens are really not in a good spot. Because I also yeah, because I also feel like Lamar's not going to be quiet. No, after, and the players after. aren't either. Right. Yeah, they're going to have some stuff to say about how this all went down. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be loud. It's going to be, it's going to be a good time. If you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, start watching, start right. watching. Don't and just you know turn the alerts on, probably at allsteelers.com. I would recommend, and then you know just do not let it fall out because it is going to be a very enjoyable 24 to 48 hours. And then if they do not exclusive tag him, that the it just it just gets started. Like that's the beginning. Now mm-hmm. now the chaos really has begun it's going to be a good time all right next thing i want to talk about is the nfl combine obviously you walked into the nfl combine i think we had certain ideas of where the pittsburgh steelers were headed in the nfl draft leaving the nfl combine i think we have different ideas of where they're headed in the draft um when you looked at the board when you walked in there and then when you walked out what was your biggest change and where do you see the direction of the pittsburgh steelers and those opening picks go now well when i Walked into the combine, I was almost certain that that first pick was going to go to a cornerback, um, yeah. whether it was Joey Porter Jr. or one of those other top four guys, if they could slide. But walking away, I'm much more convinced that they are going to go maybe defensive line in the first round. And then, uh, quite frankly, 
Jordan, if Jordan Addison's there at number 32 and I'm he didn't have great testing numbers at the combine, nope. especially you know, his size is one thing, but I think we all knew that. But his speed was not, I think, where everyone envisioned that it would be. I think he slides a little bit. If you're I, I was really, you know, who knows what where Kalijah Kansi goes. I've seen him all over a bunch of different mock drafts. Um, I don't know where Keon White goes either. I think they're gonna have some options at that 17th pick and like we said, there's a deep cornerback class that, you know, after that top four, uh, after those top four corners, so, you know, Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, uh, Joey Porter, and one more name, I'm blank. Keely Ringo. Keely Ringo. After those guys, we thought going into the combine that there was a huge gap between them and the fifth, but like, you know, that fourth best cornerback and the fifth best cornerback. I love Julius Prince, man, and yeah. he had a pretty good week, And but he's still not going to be a slam dunk first rounder. You know, he's probably a day two guy too, even if he's rising up a little bit. Like, they can still get some value. They can take some swings in those first couple picks and still get, like, a really good player at 49 after yeah. after 32. I'm, 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 I think they're going to – go out on a limb a little bit in those first two rounds, you know, if, instead of, instead of play it safe with maybe a guy like Joey Porter or something like that. If, if Addison and Brents are sitting there at 32, who do you favor? And, and you could tell that Brents is the next corner off the board. You probably have to go Brents then, yeah. you know, knowing that someone else might take him there, but I don't know if Brent is Brent. I don't know if Brents is going to go at, like I don't know either, but I think, I think there's a chance after those testing numbers from everybody mm-hmm. that their cornerbacks just start flying off the board in the well, first it seems like, And it seems like everyone needs corners. Yeah, exactly. And there is a loaded class. So if you get five or six corners go, gone in the first round and you're sitting there with like, you know, De- Deontay Banks out of Maryland and Julius Brents and like Clark Phillips sitting there at 32 and Jordan Addison, you're like, maybe none of these guys make it to 49. I think maybe you consider that one just because I think those guys at this point maybe are less of a risk than Addison because Addison's numbers were scary. That that four five five was bad, and people could talk all day about oh it's speed, it's not a big deal, blah 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 blah. Guys make it that aren't you know the forties only the forty. I definitely get that, but for a guy that size, you needed to be fast and you needed to tell every and that was the biggest worry. Is and he he talked about it at his at his press conference was you know people are, are concerned about my speed but I'm going to show you you didn't do that <laughs> yeah. you didn't do that at all yeah yeah he definitely didn't and I, I think that's going to cost him a little bit but might help the Steelers a little bit yeah um, could yeah definitely could all right mine is uh, going into the week I think everybody had the notion that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to attack a tackle. And leaving the week, I think that has very much so changed. I think it's 17 if a guy like, uh, you know, Skoron- Peter Skoronsky, Skoronsky, excuse me, or Paris Johnson are sitting there at 17 that the Steelers will highly consider one and, and probably will draft one, I would say, because depending on who else is, is around there, I could see both of those guys looking at the Steelers and saying, there's nobody better than me right here. You might as well just take me. But I think after that, the dip in talent is so concerning that the Pittsburgh Steelers have removed themselves from the rest of the tackle class, and they have now focused their attention to guard. Not center, guard. That's the other thing. I think a lot of people have a misnotion that you could upgrade Mason Cole. Maybe you could. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not looking to do so. 
there is nothing within the organization that has told us or shown us in any way that the Steelers are looking to add a center this offseason. They're comfortable with Mason Cole. People in the locker room love Mason Cole. What they want to do is upgrade guard. Even if they don't do it this season, they have a guy who's an option if they have to replace Kevin Dotson next season. And then Dan Moore, I think, I mean, truthfully, I don't think a lot of people are going to like this, but after those first two tackles, I don't think there's a tackle in this class that is as good as Dan Moore Jr. right now. And I get that that's not very good. Like, the bar is not very high, but that's, you know, it's not my fault that these guys do not meet that bar. Like, it's just they're there, and I don't think the Steelers want to waste a pick on that. They met with almost no tackles, and they've met with a lot of guards and, and no centers, but, but anybody who could play that guard position, especially that left guard position, that's where they're highlighting. And I think that's where they're going to go. If they go offensive line, I want to ask you, what do you think the odds are that they trade any of their picks and try to move up? Um, I would say it's low. I would mm-hmm. say it's low. I felt very good about it until I started listening to who they talked to. And they talked to a lot of inside linebackers, but those those big name early guys that I think will be there at 32. Uh, they obviously talked to Jordan Addison, who said to go get him. So he's an option as well. And then they talked to the corner. And yeah, they talked to those guys that could be there at 17. And I think their hope is one of them slides to 17. But they've also talked to enough of them that I think they're comfortable with 32. They're comfortable with names like Deontay Banks and Julius Brents and Clark Phillips and these real physical guys, Emmanuel Forbes, you know, all of those guys who could be there at 32 or 49. And then it kind of gives them options. I think they want to target a couple of positions. I think Julie or Jordan Addison's like a flyer. Like if he's there, they're just going to take him because Art Rooney loves him and Kenny Pickett loves him. And they're just like, screw it. Let's just do it. That's, you know, sometimes you just got to, you just got to wing it and say, maybe it's going to work. Um, then I think they're going corner. I think corner is very high on their list. I think inside linebacker is very high on their list at those first three picks. And then I think inside inside um, lineman, uh, like an offensive guard, is very high on their list. And then obviously defensive tackle and edge rusher. But I think those are just, again, like how the pieces fall. But if I had to guess, if Jordan Addison is not available at 17 or not available at 32, their picks will be corner inside linebacker and this is in no particular order corner inside linebacker offensive guard defensive tackle and then i think they might trade back down and get an edge rusher but i think that those are that's how they plan to attack it gotcha yeah Yeah. interesting um want to move on to you know a different way they're going to add players this offseason uh eric kendrick's an inside linebacker from the uh, Minnesota Vikings, a 2019 first-team All-Pro player, has been cut today. Is this guy worth a look for the Steelers in, in free agency? Is it is it someone they should consider? I, I I think possibly. You know, you got to look at a number of things. So for one, he's 31 years old. So you got to ask yourself, you know, how many years are you going to get out of this guy? But at the same time, I just said that I think the Steelers are going to target an inside linebacker in the NFL draft. But I think it's going to be one of those versatile guys, the Trenton Simpsons, um, the Drew Sanders, the guys that could play the edge. They could play the middle. They could play off ball. They Really, wherever you need them to play, they'll go do a Micah Parsons kind of inside linebacker, which is, I think, exactly what they're looking for because they want that next you know developmental piece of the NFL. And right now it's that position. 
if they grab one of those guys, I'm not sure that they want him to play every snap. So, and I think they also want him to move around. So maybe you do add another veteran. I, I think that, you know, adding a veteran has always been on their to-do list this offseason next to Miles Jack. Kendricks is a name. You know, is he is he a big name? I don't know. I think that he's had one really good season. But besides that, he is. He's 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 very consistent, we'll say. He had 137 tackles this past season, two quarterback hits, uh, eight tackles for loss. He didn't really do much besides that, though. You know, he had one fumble recovery for a touchdown. He had one sack, wasn't super impressive, six pass deflections. It, it was kind of like a very boring year for Eric Kendricks. Now, that being said, if he's worth $7 million, $6 million a season, and that's all somebody's going to toss him for a gap player that you could get two years out of next to Miles Jack, yeah, go get him. And, and I think at that moment, you're just like, cool. He's a cheap option. He gives some some leadership because, you know, Eric Kendricks has always been known to bring the leadership. I believe he's been a captain on that team for a number of years. You you toss him in there, you let him, you let him teach the rookie, him teach Mark Andrews, let him and Miles Jack vibe together and then I, I don't know. I'm going to say maybe. I'm going to say he's definitely added to their list of interest when it comes to the names they'll look at at inside linebacker. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point about the versatility. You know, they're you can't try to do everything with with one pickup with one addition, yeah. but you need a guy who can do multiple things in this defense, especially given how thin this this team is at, at linebacker right now. And the age does concern me a little bit. Short con, mm-hmm. but like you said, short contract, not a ton of money. That that would be a sweet spot for the Steelers, and this guy could be could be really good for them. Yeah, I, I think that if you add a rookie inside linebacker that brings that versatility, you don't necessarily have to add an edge rusher in the draft as well because, you know, a guy like Trenton Simpson plays the edge, a guy like Drew Sanders plays the edge, so they could fill that backup edge rusher role behind T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith and the backup inside linebacker role. Now you kind of, you know what I mean? Now you have options. Now you're like, okay, look, at there's this guy handles a, a bunch of positions for us. He's totally fine. We are, we're allowed to do all the things on defense that we want to do. The Steelers don't run three inside linebackers ever, so it's not like they have to worry about that. So I, I think as long as you add a rookie, Kendricks makes sense. If Kendricks is your like long-term answer, I think you're just de- delaying the inevitable. Right. But I think certainly a name that they could that they could look at. And I think one that once his market value comes up and we have better understanding of what teams are going to be looking at, because this just happened 10 minutes before we started recording, then you, you understand if he's really an option for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But right now, without knowing any numbers, I would say yes. And I would say he's above guys like TJ Edwards. And I don't know. The list is, is not in my head right now, but David long is a cheap option. Guys like TJ Edwards is not, And if you're going to look at your options as a whole, the cheaper side of guys is who the Steelers will target. It will not be these splash players. It will be the guys that come in. Tremaine Edmonds, too expensive. You know, you go get those cheap guys and then you draft somebody. And I think that's going to be the Steelers plan. All right. Oh, good. No, just I think you get I think that's a perfectly fine way to approach it. That's all I was going to say. Just uh, you get splash from other guys on this defense, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Award, TJ Watt, you know, Alex Highsmith. You can you can afford to go a little cheaper with, with this signing. 
Yeah, 100%. And with that, we're heading out. Thank you guys so much to, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Like this video and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. Check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com. And we will be back Wednesday to talk whatever happens with Lamar Jackson. Enjoy your week. Peace. <laughs>